Welcome to the PwC podcast. Today we're going to talk about sustainability in shipping. Yes, we are. And the sustainability goals by the UN are more or less the cornerstones for every conversation going on now. They also have laid out some really concrete and ambitious goals. One of them being reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 50% in 2050. Yeah, that's why I'm also... So are I'm, you optimistic, Jana? <laughs> There's hope in a hanging snore, as we say in Norway. <laughs> the listeners of today's pod will get good advice on how shipping can reach the goals. Our special guests in Valenius Wilhelmsen will guide us inside their work for sustainability. And we are actually inside the Wilhelmsen headquarters at Lisaka now. Yes, thanks for uh, hosting us. Welcome to you, Vice President Global Sustainability in Valenius Wilhelmsen, Roger Srevens. Thank you. My pleasure to have you all here. <laughs> yeah. Funny to welcome you in your own office. And welcome sustainability consultant in PwC, Magnus Young. Thank you. First, we are going out on the sea because you, Jana, you went on board with Birgit Lioden. She is a quite famous spokesperson and stakeholder in the Norwegian shipping industry. Ship ahoy, Birgit. Hi. <laughs> what is your advice for shipping to become more sustainable? I think that the shipping industry needs to team up with um, infrastructure partners and energy actors and cargo owners and uh, start building a global complete value chain for floating hydrogen energy for the maritime sector, both for production and transportation of liquefied hydrogen gas. You believe in hydrogen? I believe in hydrogen, yes. <laughs> yes. Shipping constitutes something of 80% of the total global transport, but only 3% of the emissions. Roger Strevens, giving those optimistic and quite ambitious goals by the UN, what is your take on reducing greenhouse gases from a shipping perspective? Shipping is an indispensable global industry, and that's not likely to change. There isn't going to be an app that comes along that replaces shipping. But I think at the same time, it's very important for the industry not to get carried away with its own exceptionalism. It needs to carry its own weight in terms of contributing to the, the climate challenges that the world faces. But how are you going to do that? How are we going to obtain reducing greenhouse gases, be even more central player in that field? The single biggest cost driver in our business is fuel, which we pay for ourselves. Our preference would be to burn no fuel at all and sail downhill. There isn't a way for us to do that, but it gives you an idea of in the mentality that we have in approaching this challenge. We need to focus on not just zero emission vessel concepts for the future. We have an existing fleet and we need to improve that fleet. There are technologies that are coming very much into use today, like the whole field of digitalization. It improves operating efficiency. The other side of that coin is you almost invariably you will reduce your relative emissions. That's the emissions per unit cargo work, moving one ton over one kilometer. A nice example of where doing what's right for the environment is also doing what's right for the bottom line of the business. I think this is a great example of how sustainability can be married with financial benefit because by cutting your fuel use per unit that you ship, you're reducing your cost, but you're also reducing emissions. And I think that's it is a really good example to hear. What we see is in shipping in general, there can often be a tendency to think we have to wait for the technology because there's no zero emission technology at the moment. We've looked at the biggest shipping companies in Norway and only 14% of them have a target for how much they're going to reduce their emissions. But as you said, you can improve the existing fleet and 
gain you know, small cuts here and there. And I think it's important to be open about that and focus on that and, and try to cut where you can and not just wait for the silver bullet of zero emission. Roger, enlighten us a little bit here. You said you have to reduce the cost of fuel. What would be the solutions? We heard about you know putting on wind sails on the boat. We heard about making the skulls more lean in the water, electricity. Where do you have your heart? Just <laughs> tell me the answer. <laughs> it's like asking me, you know, tell me what the price of oil is going to be 50 years from now. That's kind of a hard one. But you can break this down into a few different pieces. First, there are the technologies we just discussed and touched on to improve the existing fleet. After that, you can start moving the existing fleet towards carbon neutral environment. And so there's possibly a transition towards carbon neutral fuels, biofuels of various. That still will involve emissions coming from the industry. And from an investment perspective, ultimately, your preference would be for zero emissions. Well, what technologies could take you to to that outcome? Hydrogen, ammonia, nuclear. Now, each one of those has profound challenges. And then when you're considering what makes technical or viable solution, there are, I think, five criteria that need to be met. It needs to make technical sense. Does it fit into the ship? Can it be used in the engine that we have today? Or is it something different? Operationally, if we just look at fuels, for example, as low carbon fuels, if the only place that they're available is on the, the north shore of Greenland, there's not a lot of shipping there, probably not going to help us a lot. Then how about the financial aspect? How does it compete compared to the alternatives that are existing? A fourth area, the, the solutions have to make commercial sense. If the solution, and this is a challenge with sales, for example, they would involve transit times taking 30% longer. There may not be a lot of market demand for that. And then lastly, they need to make regulatory or political sense. I mentioned uh, nuclear a moment ago. It may make sense technically, but there's a lot of public anxiety about anything relating to atomic, nuclear, radioactive the point is not that these are insurmountable challenges, but those need to be overcome, and they can be overcome in different ways. Don't you think the clients will, what will they accept? Like you know, on the London International Shipping Week, they talked about uh, double uh, freight rates. What do you think about that? I think that needs to be seen in the context of what freight costs relative to the total price of a good and what uh, compared to what the alternatives are. If shipping was to become incredibly expensive relative to what it is today, maybe that would affect manufacturing patterns and we'd see more uh, production closer to markets. But that's a tipping point which producers of vehicles and all sorts of goods, they deal with this all the time. Because, of course, the closer you get to a market, the more you lose the economy of scale in your production. It's a complex uh, calculation, but this is something which exists all the time. Magnus, just a comment. We just launched our new sustainability report this morning uh, on how the 100 biggest companies in Norway are achieving their sustainability goals. And um, what would be your kind of advice and description of the shipping industry on their positive contributions to the whole sustainability narrative? I think it's a complex question to answer because as you mentioned in the introduction of the pod, shipping is a lower emission way of transporting goods than, for example, land-based or air-based uh, transport. So in that sense, it's uh, part of the solution. What we've seen in our analysis of shipping and other industries is that in shipping, there's a lack of openness about what the emissions are, 
what targets you have for reducing them. And so that might contribute perhaps to an image that shipping is less environmentally friendly than perhaps it already is. So I think it's very important to at least start measuring what your emissions already are and be open about it and setting targets for what you aim to achieve. One of the questions I have to you, Roger, in a lot of other markets, we see that there's a big sort of first mover advantage an upside to being ahead of the curve in the green transition. There's sort of a market for lower carbon projects and services. But do you see that in shipping? Are there customers of yours that would be willing to pay a premium, so to speak, for a lower emission shipping? That's not happening so far, but there are some interesting signs. They're very early and they're weak signals, so it's hard to to draw a conclusion on where this might end up. But we do see that the level of interest in the supply chain in general of these OEMs is rising very fast. There have been a number of projects between shippers and carriers to trial biofuels, for example. So I think what we're going to see is that the really leading shippers, they will get more and more involved. Will that translate to actually paying more? I don't know. One thing that would certainly be helpful is if they assessed sustainability as a substantial part of their procurement decision. Because I think this is something that's very important on a not just on a shipping basis, but on a worldwide basis. When sustainability becomes a competitive virtue, and then you've got the full ingenuity of industry to try and drive things forward, that, that would be a very, very good outcome. Uh, I just want to build on what uh, Magnus said about the shipping industry having a potential to be more open, more transparent, be more concrete on their sustainability goals. How does that ring in your head? What would you describe it from a shipping perspective? For us, as a company, we embrace taking a transparent approach. Shipping is the original global industry, but it's also been a hidden industry. Basically, everything happens over the horizon and out of sight. And I think maybe that has fed sort of a, uh, a mentality that, you know, don't ask us, leave us alone, everything's fine here. But that's just not consistent with the way that the world has turned. You said something about sustainability strategy and business strategy and that you have to merge these two. Yeah. What's, what's the situation here in Willem Wallenius? I think there's a, the two ways uh, the, to, to look at that. One is how is the sustainability integrated into the business? And, uh, and I think that um, one of the things which is you know, enjoyable with my role is the, the, the number of different interactions I have with different, every functional group in the business. And it's not a question of you know, trying to cajole and charm uh, people to, uh, you know, to engage doors wide open they're coming to me uh, I go to them it's just normalized um, and and that also goes for top management I'm sorry, and so one of the common questions I get and I'm talking to colleagues in other companies as well how do you get the attention of top management and, and you know, I think my stock response to that well either you need to work on your message or you need to change your top management uh, because if they're not seeing it seriously at this stage it could be time to, chant, uh, to pass the baton on to somebody else. Do you believe that you could go together and start like a happy shipping family and, um, and only use biofuel? You have to think about those five criteria that I mentioned. If you made a transition which was too bold and too fast, your risk is too high. You might have one glorious week and go out of business at the end of it. And then what happens is that you leave the task of dealing with the challenge to less willing companies. And I don't think that's a good outcome. 
you, you can't be too idealistic about this because otherwise the challenge will not get addressed. Towards the end here, advice for the shipping industry as a whole, Magnus, what is well, your best advice? I mentioned one already related to measuring where you are, defining a target for where you want to be, having an ambition for what you want to achieve, not just on carbon emission, but other sustainability issues. I mean, whether that's health and safety or it's gender equality or it's uh, human rights, measure where you are and set the target for where you want to be. But I also really liked what you mentioned in your previous point about building a culture. We often talk about building a culture for sustainability. One aspect of that, it starts at the top of the companies. Top management shows that business decisions are made in light of sustainability as well as profitability. You know, if you have concrete ambitions and targets for what you want to achieve, you have to build a culture where all the employees see their role in achieving that ambition. We've talked a little bit about fuels and biofuels and so on. If part of your target is to transition towards a mix that incorporates more sustainable fuels, then your uh, purchasing functions in the company actually have a key role in integrating sustainability and procuring fuel. And they have to see and appreciate and be motivated by their part of that solution. So I think that building a culture uh, is also a key aspect. Roger, before we went on air, we talked about being uh, head of sustainability and shipping might sound like a really hard job, and it probably is as well. Where do you see the shipping industry in 10 years? I think a lot of things will have changed. What has changed? One of them, for example, yeah. will have been that transparency will be a much more accepted norm because the stakeholders of the industry will demand it. I would uh, expect that we've seen quite a lot of uh, regulatory change that will be compelling the industry to reduce its emissions footprint. I would hope what I mentioned about sustainability becoming a competitive virtue, that becomes something of substance. I think as well that companies will be looking at sustainability in all of their decision making because it is impacting every corporate function. You certainly see it with the investors in shipping. They realize that shipping is indispensable, but it needs to deal with its challenges and sustainability. Um, on the customer side, we've seen a grand convergence between the world of business and the world of sustainability, and that's because of regulatory cost. Even the most environmentally skeptical customer, they all care about dollar. And where those two things become the same, then you get focus. They care about green. <laughs> they care about green, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe not what you would like it to be, but they do. But there's another really big stakeholder group, and that's employees. People increasingly, they care about the kind of company that they work for. They want a company who's actually contributing something of a greater good, in addition to being able to provide a great career and development opportunities, all of the, the conventional stuff. Um, and all of these factors just come back to the same point that sustainability and business are just becoming one and the same thing. A prominent car maker CEO quoted as saying that we don't want a sustainability strategy and a business strategy. We want a sustainable business strategy. And I thought, absolutely, mm. that's it. He nailed it. Either change or the ocean will die. Shipping is in change. And um, thank you for letting us come to your office, Roger Strunz. Vice President, Global Sustainability in uh, Valville. That's a very long title. A thank to you, Magnus Young, our uh, sustainability expert in PwC. My name is uh, Henrik Lervold. And I'm Jana Meyerskov.